one of my favorites, is to have planned your day the night before such that you're so excited about tomorrow that you can't wait to wake up with high energy. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. So welcome to another episode of Bite Size Biohacks. In this episode, I'm going to be taking you through an overview of my shift protocol for health optimization for high performance. And specifically, I'm going to be breaking down the first area, which is sleep. And over the coming episodes, I'm going to be talking to you about each element of shift so that you can start putting in place these practices to really upgrade every level of your health and performance. So before we get started in relation to sleep, let me first give you an overview of what the shift methodology is. So shift basically stands for sleep, hormones and neurotransmitters, insights, fuel and training and that training element with the last t is actually training of both the mind and body i found that both are equally important and we really need to condition both our mind and body every day if we really want to be truly healthy and have a high performance lifestyle the f in in fuel is also broken down into four elements that you can remember And I use the acronym FLOW because we don't just fuel our bodies with food, but we fuel our bodies with food, light, oxygen and water. So there are multiple areas and also with our thoughts, but I carry it. I go into that section in the T, the training. So that's really an overview of what shift is. And it's a framework that you can use to make sure that you really are optimizing every facet of your mind, body and spirit for higher performance. So just to run over that again, it sounds for sleep, hormones and neurotransmitters insights fuel which breaks down into flow which is food light oxygen and water and then t is the training the conditioning of the mind and body now over the coming episodes i'm going to be breaking down each section of the shift model so that you can start using it but in today's episode we're going to start with sleep which i do believe is the foundation of everything and definitely where i really missed a step when i was busy working as a corporate lawyer uh, working all night and weekends and sacrificing my sleep so i'm not going to go into the science of why sleep is so important here i think every Everyone really understands that. What I want to do is give you some actionable steps that you can take to really improve your sleep and move the needle. And if you're tracking tracking it with a device like Aura or a Whoop strap or a Bio strap or something like that, then you can begin to look at the metrics and see when I start putting in place these things, is my deep sleep improving? Am I seeing improvements in REM sleep? Is my overall length of sleep lengthening? Is it is it shortening? Am I just been getting smarter about my sleep and optimizing it? Um, because it's not always about sleeping longer, but actually it's about sleeping smarter as well. So the three biggest problems that I see in relation to sleep, why I think people are not getting a good night's sleep, barring you know things like hormonal issues, um, particularly around perimenopause, there are three key reasons that I see. And the first one really is that people tend to procrastinate sleep. And that's often why they're not getting enough. So what do I mean by that? I mean, they put it off. And that's because we have the lure of things like Netflix or just you know chatting to our partners or family or friends in the evening. And I think we also underestimate how long it takes to get 
get kids into bed, to get ready for bed. Uh, and often we end up going to bed later than we really planned to. And we don't want to procrastinate sleep. Uh, but it is very difficult to use self-discipline at this time of day because we know that at the end of the day, willpower has really waxed and waned. We don't have much left. And so what I would say to you is to avoid procrastinating sleep, uh, you want to create uh, something exciting or something, maybe not exciting because that's a bit too motivational, but something that is appealing, should I say, that makes you want to go to bed. So that could be a snuggle up with your partner, could be a great book, providing that's not keeping you awake, or it could be, my one of my favorites, is to have planned your day the night before such that you're so excited about tomorrow that you can't wait to wake up with high energy. But don't procrastinate sleep because I'm going to be honest, unless you are a night owl, which you may well be, nothing great gets done after about 9 or 10 p.m. Nothing great really gets done after about 9 or 10 p.m. That is obviously different for night owls. Some people are extremely creative at this time. Definitely not for me. Uh, you can do questionnaires online to find this out. Uh, Dr. Michael Bruce has a very good set of questionnaires about whether you're an early morning type, a lion, as he calls them, or a wolf, which is a, a night owl, um, or some of the other types. You can also do a DNA test, which is the easiest way uh, that I've done because it also gives you a whole host of information, not just on your chronotype, on your stress, on your power, strength, endurance ratios, on your nutrition, how sensitive you are to things like fats and carbs. And that's very easy to do. And if you want to find out more about how you can test your DNA with literally a 60 second saliva test, then just head over to angelafosteracademy.com forward slash DNA. And you can find out more about it there. But Assuming you know your chronotype, you'll know roughly what time you should be going to bed. And again, this is something you can test and play with. But the key thing is to not procrastinate sleep. And so give yourself something to look forward to. When you start to associate how much better you feel the next day when you have a good night's sleep, you're in turn more likely to go to bed a bit earlier as well. So set yourself up, bookend your day, plan your tomorrow so you've got something to look forward to. You're more likely to go to bed earlier. The second thing is anchoring. This can be an issue. So we anchor certain emotions with our behaviors and they can quickly arise and sleep unfortunately is one of those if you've been in bed where you found it really really difficult to sleep it can quickly lead to a neural association with your bed being the place that you can't sleep I've had this with my children as well. Uh, it's something you have to work around to get over. Um, but essentially what you want to do is develop the right neural association. So if you're someone that goes to bed and you're not able to fall asleep quickly or you're waking up during the night, don't stay in bed. The best thing to do is to have some dim lighting, put your blue blockers on, move into another room and do something like some breath work or some reading, something relaxing and go back to bed when you're tired because that neural association develops very quickly. If you're getting into bed and you're finding it hard to fall asleep, have a look at how much you're exposing yourself to light in the evening because that will disrupt the production of melatonin. Have a look at how stressed you are. Uh, again, cortisol and melatonin have an inverse relationship which means that if cortisol is high, melatonin is going to be low. So we want to be nice and calm and relaxing, uh, relaxed, should I say, in the evening. But light and the way that you feel in terms of managing your stress is very, very key. Those would be the two things that I would try and hit first, which brings me on to the third reason why a lot of people don't sleep well, and that's because they don't have specific rituals or habits or behaviors around sleep. I would encourage you to develop some really good set of rituals or practices that you do that sends a message to your mind and body that it's time to start getting ready to sleep so that you start conditioning the mind and body that sleep is going to come over you very shortly we're super good at doing this with our children you know once we have that baby we basically create a lovely beautiful relaxing evening routine because we as parents want to get them into bed and get some sleep so we give them a warm bath 
We snuggle up with them and give them cuddles. As they get bigger, we read them a story. And very quickly, what happens is the moment they go into that bath, they become conditioned that bedtime is coming. And what you'll notice is your baby or your toddler goes down a lot easier. We need to do the same things for ourselves as adults, whatever that evening routine is. It could be that you do have a warm bath. Many people enjoy a cold shower. Uh, lots of people prefer a bath and, you know, add some Epsom salts and so magnesium salts and some essential oils like lavender can be very calming. Lighting a candle, maybe doing a bit of yoga, something relaxing. Agreeably, this is very difficult if you're a parent like me who has children who are sporty and you're going round to swim clubs and different things in the evening. So it may be that not every night you can do this, but you create something shorter, some form of routine. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my red light behind me. Something that I love to do earlier in the evening is actually to do a red light therapy session and then put my blue light blocking glasses on. This really helps tell my body, particularly in the height of summer when it isn't getting light early, getting dark early here in the UK, that I'm kind of creating that sunset experience. So I will sit in front of my red light, maybe do some breath work. I'll book in my day, I'll write in my journal. I'll record my daily wins, the things that I'm looking forward to the next day, how I can make tomorrow even better. Um, now, I don't face the light if I'm doing this, if I'm writing in the journal. I actually have my back to the light because it's too stimulating on the eye. That LED light in the evening is going to be too stimulating on the eye. So if you want to sit in front of it, then I would do some meditation or breath work or just sit there calmly, listen to music or even just be quiet for a few minutes, uh, which we don't do enough, but put a sleep mask across the eyes and then remove that after the session and then put on your blue light blocking glasses. Otherwise, you can do it with your back turned to it. Um, uh, which is better as well. So that would be my evening routine when I'm at home and I have time. And then I put on my blue light blocking glasses. I religiously do this because that helps me to produce more melatonin. I love the lights and the block of blue light blocking glasses by Red Light Rising. Uh, you can see the links to those in the show notes, but that's part of my routine. But a big thing is I will always book, on, book in my day and journal. Sometimes, I mean, I do take supplement wise. I'm not big on supplements at bedtime. I do religiously take magnesium every night. Again, you've probably heard me talk multiple times about bioptimizers. Why? Because it's got seven different forms of magnesium and you don't know which ones you're deficient in. Um, I've had clients who take this. They love it so much. They can't stand it when it goes out of stock. I think it's an incredible product. Uh, and as you know, I take it sometimes during the day, particularly if I'm having a particularly stressful day as well. But I take that every night. I also like to take some reishi, uh, reishi mushroom, uh, very relaxing and calming at night as well. And that really helps to up-level my sleep. If you haven't listened already, go back and listen to Tuesday's episode. It's number episode number 163 that I did with Simon Salter, the co-founder of Dirty World. Dirty Mushrooms are a great mushroom band, ones that I love. And he goes into all the different types of mushrooms there and when to take them. Um, so have a listen to that if you haven't already. Um, the other key thing to mention in relation to sleep, um, without going into too much detail, because this is a bite-sized episode, is just make sure you get access to sunlight early in the day. The earlier you go out, the more you're going to bring that circadian rhythm a little bit further forward to enable you to go to bed earlier. So, and one thing we do know is that if you can go to bed by about 10.30, that really seems to support adrenal function, and that's important. So if you want to really, really perform at your best, if you want to detoxify effectively, if you want your organs to be working,
working properly. If you want to have great energy the next day, great skin, because human growth hormone is produced at night and helps support healthy looking skin and give you that glow. If you want to really look after your smarts and make sure that any buildup of things like tau protein and beta amyloid plaque that's been associated with dementia is cleared overnight, then nailing your sleep is key. I personally track mine with my aura ring, um, but I would suggest that you really, really focus on it. You can't really change what you don't measure. So measure it in some way, even if it's with a free app like Sleep Cycle. I use that too. I think it's a fantastic app for waking you up if you use an alarm in the morning because it will actually wake you up in your lightest phase of, of sleep. So it makes it much easier to get up and much nicer. Um, but what I would say to you is make sure that you don't procrastinate on sleep. Put in place some form of evening routine or ritual that anchors you really well to associate sleep with a positive thing and your bed positively as a nice place to relax. Um, work out what works for you. I've shared, shared my evening routine, some different tips and things that you can try, whether that is a warm bath, a cool shower, whatever it is, snuggling up with your partner in bed. Um, but make sure that the bedroom is only used for sleep and sex. And if it doesn't keep you awake, reading. But I wouldn't use it for anything else. Never, never, never put a TV in the room. Anyway, those are my top tips. Let me know how you get on and I will connect with you again next Friday for another Bite Size Biohack episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.